Hi, everyone. This is Matt Schmidt, Executive Director of the New Hampshire Golf Association, and I'd like to thank you for downloading the first edition of the Preferred Lies podcast, the official podcast of New Hampshire Golf. We're very excited to be rolling this out in 2019. We think the podcast is going to be informative. We think it's going to be entertaining, but ultimately we think it's going to be a lot of fun as we travel around the state covering NHGA events. We'll be talking about what's going on on the PGA Tour and really covering all things golf throughout the season. Do have to thank the sponsors of the Preferred Lies podcast, Golf and Ski Warehouse. As many of you know, Golf and Ski has locations in Hudson, Greenland, West Lebanon, and Scarborough, Maine. And you can visit them online at golfskiwarehouse.com. So we want to thank Golf and Ski for their continued support of the podcast. In this first episode, we will talk about the PGA Championship that's upcoming this week. We had some technical difficulties, so you're going to jump in on the conversation with me, Scott Peters, and Dave Long as we're talking about some of the bad weather that we've had up here in the Northeast. We'll also recap the Masters, talk about Tiger's win at Augusta, and again, preview the week ahead at the PGA Championship. So we hope you enjoy the show. Please go and download it wherever you get your podcasts, and we look forward to entertaining you throughout the season. I'm someone who uh, is more of a. I like wearing shorts when I play, so uh, that's our first good that's visual that's on the podcast. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, but, but that is kind of the signal for me. When are you breaking when, those out? By the way, I broke them out on Saturday <laughs> afternoon when it looked like uh, when it looked like you know, as you said it was raining down here. Yeah, it was and ugly. Then, in the uh, and all of a sudden, late and later in the like, like two o'clock, it was nice out. So right, I was planning on playing earlier. Uh, in the week, and then I saw it was crummy. I said, "Forget it," and that's why I went out and hit balls. But um, you know, I'm I'm dying to get out there and play right. now. So you guys have been in Florida, and I haven't. So uh, I really am. So there's right. pent up there's pent up ambition on my part. I mean, I well, I see think like you're I, a perfect reflection of how the average Joe in in I mean, New Hampshire feels. It's it's a different business model, but I think tournament registration for us has been slower than normal. I'm sure it has. Um, you know, particularly with the state am, it's it's a great location. Not that it's not at a great location every year, but I mean, the amount of registrations we've seen for the am really struggled, based compared to historical numbers. And I just think it's because people haven't played golf. People didn't play golf in it's in not April. even it's, some. It's not on the radar yet because yeah. they haven't been able to. Correct. I mean, <laughs> I'm not excited about cutting my lawn. But boy, I haven't had to yet because mm-hmm. it's been it's been so yep. cold and miserable, and so that's one of those things that puts life in perspective. You're now <laughs> chomping at the bit to mow your lawn. I like cutting the lawn. Yeah, although I, the first the in first May and thing, June, but come come September, October, you're like, ah, oh, enough already. But right. I mean, we're we're taping this show at uh, at uh, Concord Country Club and driving up the driveway by the first hole. First hole looks great. Looks green, real green. And, the course uh, looks good. Kinda, yeah, 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 got me going. All I right. wish I could speak to it. <laughs> Haven't been. I do. I. I am going to try to play this week. I think good. out here. Yeah. I've been to the range. Took the kids to the range actually one day. Actually, the final round of the Masters. We went over. No kidding. To the range. afternoon. Afternoon. Yes, right. we watched. Which in the is morning a little different, and then, right? And then went over and hit some balls, which was which was nice. Good. See, I had a hard time. The weather was pretty good that day on this final of the Masters, and probably if. Tiger wasn't in it. I went, you know, I, I felt I'm going. I can't stay inside and watch this, but I can't not. Right. So I and, did, but yeah, of course. So I knew I actually got invited to go to the final round, but I couldn't just because of all the stuff we had, you know, we have going on and the changes with the association. So unfortunately, I couldn't make it. Um, but it was my old boss in Indiana who invited me. So he was there on Sunday. He was, that was the only day he was there, and he said it was so great because. 
with the two T start. So they watched Tiger T off on one, and then they basically flipped nines from where all the leaders were. So they watched all the guys who were teeing off, had teed off the back nine. Mm. Um, and he said, like, uh, on the front nine, they, they watched Rory f- for, like, six or seven holes with n- hardly Nobody anybody else around. Because everybody's right? watching the leaders on the back, and you right. have all these guys on the on the first nine, which is it's kind of cool. The first time ever, right. I think, that they had yeah. uh, both tees on a Sunday. Um, it was interesting. They've done that before because I remember uh, Tiger saying in his, I guess he was saying, what was it, the last time he won? I'm trying to think when Jack's last Masters was. But anyway, Tiger won. Might have been 05. Yeah. And, and Jack's last Masters, was he finished on nine because of that very mm-hmm. thing, which, you know, you would never guess. Yeah. But anyway. Hey, Why did they do it? Because of the weather. Because of the oh, weather. Oh, that's right. They're trying to get them around, right? Oh, right and if right, they... Right. So it's not like a, it's not like a sticking the flag in the leaving the flag in the no hole. no. So this you're, is, so you're not going to be offended by that. No. No. It's, an, it's an administrative thing, right? All right. And they and actually, so the, the 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 higher scores are the guys who were right. were you know were going off ten. Yeah. So you basically you, you split the field in half. We call it a reverse horseshoe. So the better players then tee off last off of one, and the player whoever's in last place will tee off last off of ten. So. I don't. I would be interested to know when that when that last group actually finished on nine in relation to where where Tiger was. I bet it was close. It probably that, was. Yeah, I thought I remember seeing somebody say, hey, "We finished on nine. He was right there." And anyway, you think that makes him feel uh, the guys who are in last and second to last and down uh, feel even worse doing it that way, or then rather? No, than you know what? They're so used to playing tournament golf that right. it's you so know, what, right? Yeah. All right, we've. Uh, Complained and beat the bad spring, horrendous spring. That was your phrase uh, into the, into the ground. So let us move on to uh, yeah. Unfortunately, you know we can complain all we want, but the reality is there's not a darn right. thing that anyone can do about so, it. So you it. just I'm at the time throw on an extra layer and get out there. Yeah. I'm at the time of year where I my entire work week is built around the five day forecast or the seven day forecast. I mean, I look on Sunday what it's going to be like and figure out things I have to do. And then so I can go out and play in the good days. Mm. I looked at it yesterday and was completely depressed. <laughs> well, we probably had 20-plus people on the wait list for our event today at Manchester. The forecast last week, end of last week, was about 43 in rain today. We plowed through the entire wait list, got everybody in, and it was, I mean, it was And still had sunny, some openings. Sunny and, and delightful this morning when we got there, and it turned cloudy and a little bit windy, but no rain, so... Yeah. You know, you can't trust that five-day. No, I agree with that. All right, let us move on to uh, news that has happened today on the tour. First, I should mention to you that this uh, podcast is brought to you by Golf and Ski Warehouse. And uh, uh, until the end of this month, uh, you can win a $2,500 golf shopping spree at Golf and Ski Warehouse. Register to win at any Golf and Ski store location, Hudson, Greenland, West Lebanon, New Hampshire, or in Scarborough, Maine. And you can get all the details at golfandskiwarehouse.com. And this month would be May, by the way, just so if you're listening yes. to it, it's not. All right, so. on demand, yes. By May 31st is there the final day for the shopping spree. Yes. Am I eligible for that? Yeah, sure. I am? Okay. Yeah, you won't win, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by hook or by crook. Oh, oh, boy. Well, that came across right or not. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think that it was did. really well, well let's done. Put it this way. I think for people who know me, it probably did come across perfectly. <laughs> But for others, maybe mm. not. Uh, but, um, 
right, biggest story. Is there any other big story so far? Uh, uh, at, at least as the headline writers go, the Tigers come back win at Augusta. No, right? I mean, no. I mean, it's it was it was and main, still remains to be. Um, put it this way: when golf is on front page news of every newspaper and front, you know, the fir- one of the first things in every news story on TV or ever. That, that in and of itself suggests yeah. all you need to know. Not yeah. only that next couple of days, but two weeks later when the winner got the Presidential Medal of Citizens Yeah, Honor, that's a whole other subject because I struggle with that one only because I think it's a tremendously deserving honor. I have no question right. that he should have gotten it. But I struggle with Lifetime Achievements Awards at age 43. Right. Okay. And, and it I'm just seems you. to me that, you know, Jack was... What was he? Seventy-five or eighty? Arnie was seventy-five or eighty. Charlie Sifford was eighty, and Tiger gets it at forty-three. And I don't want to digress in getting right. into neither. the reasons why, because it was a Trump play and all that. But, but very deserving, just premature, I guess. But winning the Masters was the catalyst for it. That's really all I meant. Probably, yeah. But it was self-serving for our president. Of course, so, it was. Um, that's part of that. But, but let's not get let's not digress into that world. No, look at. Tiger winning, I mean, I was, uh, if you told me 12, 18, 24 months ago, I would have said no way, no how. I wasn't as surprised that he won really after with, so we saw him, we win the Tour Championship, and uh, knowing where his game was, where his attitude was, where his health was, less surprising to me than maybe it might have been for some others, because he's shown that he was close, but still. Well, I think we should give you your due, though. You have been, you were the one who said... I said he was never going to win again. You said he was, and you were right, as you usually are on these kind of things. You did say he was going to, sooner or later, was going to win another one. He's too so. good not to, um, but, but you know. You did, I mean, the rea- when, when, did he, when did he pull out? How many weeks was that before the Masters, when he was supposed to play, and he heard his, his neck was bothering him, so, he didn't, so he didn't play? Two years ago? Does that, that sound right? No, two weeks, three weeks before the he, Masters. He withdrew from Oh, 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 yeah, but that was, yeah, I don't... But, you know, with him, it's just, look, I think the health is the biggest question mark. You just I don't think that know. was more a reflection of how many weeks he had played. Yeah. And, and so, you know, to that point, I find it tremendously interesting that he's decided to not play once since the Masters. Yeah. Right now, of course, we all know that we've got the new schedule, um, and you know, having the PGA in May is a whole mm-hmm. different animal and different dynamic. And so, you could see why perhaps he is hasn't played. But you know, that's going a long time between tournaments, especially going from one major to an next. That's true. That's very unique. So, so am I, I am I allowed to say he certainly got a little help on Sunday? Of course. Oh yeah. I mean, of course. I, I, I don't want to take anything away from. I mean, he won. At the end of the day, he won. But, man, watching those guys dunk him on Look 12 at, was unbelievable. Man, for anyone who's listened to this show for the last couple of years, they know that I'm a Jack guy. There's no question that Jack won a lot of majors because people lost yeah. him. And that's okay. Yeah. That's, that is that's part of winning. That is absolutely ways. part of winning. Well, that's, that's what, as Scott and I were talking about before we started, um, you know, he used the word after uh, – with the first person he talked to, and he used it again about being patient. He just waited for people Absolutely. to dunk themselves. And, and you that know what? He is a matter of experience, I would think. I really thought the turning point was on, to me at least, was on when they were playing 11. Molinari had a two-shot lead. I believe he was 13 and Tiger was 11. 
Molinari hits a decent drive into the rough, and Tiger blows it way right into the trees. Molinari hits a pretty darn good shot from where he is in the rough. I mean, obviously, that's a scary shot on 11. And he, and he hits a pretty good shot, like uphill putt, it looks like, makeable birdie putt. Tiger's over in the trees, and you're thinking, well, if he makes bogey here and Molinari makes birdie, I mean, he's 14 and 10, he's got a four-shot lead. Through 11, he's probably going to win. And they both ended up making par, but Tiger hit that amazing rope hook around the trees, hits the green, stops, and he had a good look at, ended up having a good well, look at birdie, too. a couple thoughts. A, Tiger hit at that same place a couple times on that hole, mm-hmm. and and there is an opening. And yeah. so, you know, if you're going to miss there, you miss it right. Yep. And he got very fortunate. I think it's very fair to acknowledge that he got some good fortune. But every winner gets fortune. Yeah, you're right. So... So I don't want to suggest that he won because of that. Hey, look, he hit a great shot there on Sunday that hit the green and stopped. If it's firm and fast, Augusta, and right. he hits that shot with that much spin to hit it around the trees, that might hit the green and spin all the way into the water. But not well, to pop your balloon, but I, the clear turning point was 12. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, 12 was... What was the whole Molinari hit the tree? Caught the that tree was thir- uh, 15, but, 15, but he had already... He was I mean, self-described. It is a cardinal sin, a cardinal sin to put it in the water. It is a cardinal sin to miss it right and put it in the water. And, you know, I it, I was blown away to see three of the final four golfers put it. And, and let's also acknowledge, they didn't just get a bad break by spinning it back off the green. They were a full club short. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, to me, that blew me away. And if you're a Tiger, how does that not give you every feeling like things are going your way. Yeah. It's got to be a big boost. At yep. what point do you think... So to me, I was just watching his face the whole time. And you could see how much he wanted to win. But you could also see the wheels... At least it seemed to me the wheels spinning behind why he wanted to win. In other words, he hasn't been able to deliver like he's been used to deliver in the past. And that plays on his confidence. Did at any time he seem like he really had that confidence that he had? You know, you would see him in years gone by at the height of his career. Well, I or think he's he a like different a guy golfer. Who was just trying, I mean, I just when he got the bogey in the last hole, or the way he played the last hole, uh, I don't even know what that second shot was. In the, the worst shot hole. in the history of a person winning the Masters. <laughs> right. Right. What was he trying the to do? The worst second shot yeah. on 18 in the history of anybody who won the Masters. Well, but anyway, you, but, we'll keep but, going. We'll but my point is, what do you think when... It, what do you think was going through his mind when he hit that? I thought he was sitting there going, "Oh gosh, here it comes." On eighteen, yeah. Or, but so I, I don't. I never got a sense that he had real great confidence all through that. I thought he did a good job battling, but I never saw that look in his eye that you once saw in his eye. Well, because, understandable because because of doubt, right? Right. Because of doubt, and when you haven't won the Masters since '05, a major since '08. Yeah, you won the Tour Championship, but that's a small field. Yep. Um, you know, how can there not be doubt? Right. And and in fairness, I think I said to you, Dave, off the air, which, which was Tiger in 01 or 2000 would have, kicked, you know, absolutely smoked Tiger of 2019. Oh, 100. I mean, that's... So, so he feels like, I only assume he feels like he's trying to win with, not to use his own language, but his B game relative to where he was and what he was. And so, there's, there's also so many more good players. And totally. I think he, even he would acknowledge that, what is he, 43? Yes. That 
there are guys on tour that are flat out better than him. That they can they can do things that he can't do anymore. And what is Tiger's strength? Probably more than anything else, in my opinion, anyway, which is his mind. Yeah, and I he's think the, he's the best grinder ever. Yeah, you know, just Jack and Tiger. But again, same. We're you know not to go down that road. Yeah. But I mean, it's he won with his mind as much as anything I, physical. Yep. Um, now he had his irons better than anyone. Mm-hmm. His driver's still a little squirrely. It is, um, and he got away with it. He did. He got um, away with it. But but um, I think what he was thinking back to your thing on eighteen. I haven't won many things. I certainly haven't. Don't want to compare anything I've won to this. But but I can only tell you that when you have this feeling like you have won, and I'm thinking he felt like he had won, and it's all he has to do is not completely screw things up. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you've gone from this focused mindset of trying to hit something and hit a shot and do something right to now you're thinking I just don't want to do this. Yeah. And so your whole mindset has changed. I think he thought he'd won, and is all he had to do was not step on a landmine, and he was going to win. And I think that produced the worst shot of a, a win. A really yeah. squirrely shot. Does yeah, that well, make look, sense to you, Matt? Bottom line, if Jason Day hadn't picked up his kid, he would have won. <laughs> <laughs> that one's just that one's just for my friend Low Scott across the, Oh my gosh. Scott across the table there. Well, I, I just compare as I said, I compare his as I said, I was watching his expression through the whole thing more than anything. You know, and he seemed kind of tight. But I, and, but you know, and and this is a long time ago, and maybe my memory isn't quite what it, what it, what reality was. But when Nicholas came back and won in '86, you know, when he made that putt, when the the on the what was it, 15, when the putter rose up in the air, it seemed to me like his, you know, he was happy he made the putt, but it seemed like the feeling was back, was coming back. At that particular moment. Well, those moment. could be more different, though, right? And so you're talking about Tiger, who was, I don't remember all the stats here, but if I'm going to go by memory, he was, I think, three behind to start the, t- the day, two or three behind. Could be. I'd have to look it up. Right? So, so, and so he was behind, and he only shoots, again, I think, 70? He shot 70 in the final round. Right? So he's two behind, he shoots 70, and he wins. That's a far cry from being five behind, right. shooting 65. Right. So you've got a mindset of a guy who's making everything in sight. Okay. I'll who's now... That. Which is what Nicholas did. Correct. And right. he had the feeling like, I'm going. I'm going. I'm making it everything he sees. Oh, that makes sense. Tiger had this feeling of, he wasn't playing great. Right. He played well, but he right. shot two under right. when he was two behind and still won. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. All right. No, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. And I think that's probably exactly what, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't necessarily feeling it. Coming, he was right. He right. did what he needed to do, right. which is different than playing that round right. where you got everything going. So I, I guess my comment on eleven too was almost like at that point, he almost felt like he wasn't going to win a little bit because you know Molinari didn't play that great either on the front on Sunday. I think well, to me it was the first time Molinari was showing cracks. Yeah, a little on twelve, but but to your point, I think is what I take from your comment is that was a chance for Molinari to. Score that extra touchdown to give him that lead, so to speak. Right? Yeah, I mean, so I just, I, I just sort of felt, you know, he hadn't played great. Tiger was still kind of there, and yeah, Kepka was around, and um, I guess we didn't know it at the time, but obviously DJ ended up playing pretty well. But you sort of, okay, you know what? We're at 11 now. We're starting aim, and I have a two shot lead. He hits a good enough tee shot. You know, he missed it into the right rough a little bit, and then Tiger hits it right. And it, you know, it was that, it was like, you know, it, it looked. Tiger just hits that tee shot. Molinari's in play. 
you, you have to think, okay, there's only eight holes left. He's right. probably got it, and then it all... Well, and again, Molinar had shown no no cracks in the armor. Nope. I mean, he looked like he was a machine. And not just... not. I mean, not just in that tournament, but when he won the Open right. last year, uh, it was the same way. Right. He was looking like he was that totally. guy. And, and he, did he, he, had he won already this year? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it was the same way, where he was in complete right. control. A machine. I think and, you want to be I think that's right. You know, when I was talking about watch, looking at Tiger's face, I never got the sense at the British Open that he was going to win, even though he was in contention in there. Right. I just, I think he was almost like a guy was, uh, like Rocco Mediate was when he came in second. And he was happy he was there. He kind of felt like he was back. But that so you're big on the facial and the body. How did I, I look walking down one well, at Dairy Field? Did it look like I was going <laughs> to? Did it look like I was going to birdie with no. a four-iron wedge? Well, since I know you're always right. <laughs> <laughs> I even knew you were going to like trash talk it when you came up the seventh hole. I'm <laughs> the, a very easy read. <laughs> that you did. I'm not that creative. <laughs> All right, let me. Uh, I, I asked Scott this, but I want you to chime in. But first, Matt, um, of all his wins, uh, Masters wins or wins in general, where would you rank this for him? If you were him, and if you were Matt, which of course you are. I mean, I think he would probably put it behind his first one, maybe. I mean, I, obviously I can't read the guy's mind. I, I think he'd be hard-pressed um, for him to say it was better than his Pebble Beach win, because that was just a level of domination that I don't think we're ever going to see again. Um and you know, I, off the top of my head, I don't know how you know the other ones that he won. Well, the other one I'm with you so far. The other one that sticks out that might be as great because of the uniqueness was the Rocco and the yeah the, the with broken the, knee with the broken leg, leg and the ACL or whatever. So those was. those three, the his first Pebble and Rocco, and then this last one are all right in there. I'm I mean, yeah, I mean if you if you if you have your Tiger highlight reel, you have to have that putt against a Rocco. Um, well, but I mean, his, first, pines, his right? first Masters was transcendent. Right, so to me, that's has to be. My only comment from a outside looking at it fan kind of a way is that you, everybody knew he was going to win, at least it's sooner or later, you know. And here, he's been doubted if he ever is going to win again. And you know, by by what it does is by him winning kind of puts him back on track to try and get the 18 or 19. Well, to reinforce which, your point, he didn't think he was going to win right. again. So that says that, that says it all. Yeah. And to your other point, I never thought he'd beat Jack's 18. He has a chance. And I'm, I'm surprised to be able to say that because I, I just never thought. I still think it's a tall order. I do too. It's, but... It's more of a chance to possibility oh, of today. It's totally I, back on the table now. Right, and now you're going to Beth Page. You're going to Pebble Beach. You've got Augusta a few more times. Right. I mean, Golf Digest did a uh, survey last week of 56 tour caddies asking if he was going to, um, if he could catch Jack at 18. What percentage do you think said yes? I would say it's pretty high. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of respect and admiration for him amongst the other people who are in the inner circle. Yep, that's, um, I will say less than 50%. Close, 53%. Interesting. Said that, and 53 said uh, he'd win a sixth Masters. 17% said he'd win a seventh Masters, which 
sounds like it's getting a little bit out of out of hand. But you know, generations are for generations. Sure, you know what I mean, sure. And I, th- uh, I think the other, you know, the other odd thing about this is, I, I mean, I don't think anybody realistically spe- expects any sort of tiger-like run that we saw in the two thousands. Not to say that this was a one-off and he won't win again, but I don't, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think people think he's realistically has a shot to win the Grand Slam this year, or that it's going to be okay. I don't either. But did you see the bet? Yes, I did. Did you? So, do you remember? I don't know if Dave remembers, but the guy who doesn't have much money put right. eighty-five thousand dollars down on Tiger to win the Masters, and he won, and then won one point four million. Do you remember that, Dave? No, just tell okay. me it's not the guy who's been on Jeopardy winning. No, it's not the same guy. Million. So anyway, who this guy didn't even have much money, but he puts eighty, which is an odd number anyway. Mm-hmm. Put eighty-five grand on. He wins one point four million. He put a hundred thousand dollars down of his one point four winnings. He took a hundred grand and he put it on Tiger to win the Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. And actually, now, I, I think that's. I don't. Even, I think it's like fifty to one or something. Yeah, I which thought I saw hundred to may, one. It could have been, but, but it's still, still. I mean, I would do it. But like five hundred to one, I think would be reasonable odds. I, I thought I don't know his why odds were Yeah, it's, I don't get it either. I, I mean, I could see him thing. not winning another major easier than I could see him winning yes. two more. I mean, there's no way he's going to win the Grand Slam. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. Golf, but it was interesting. Golf in the United States has been going on since got competitive golf for what hundred years. Maybe and no one's done it yet. So, That's true. So that's uh, true. I was, was going to say, I, you know, well, I, he won four in a row. He had the, the right, but it wasn't as we yeah. all know. The, right. Look, what he did was absurdly right. ridiculous and incredible feat. But it wasn't the Grand Slam as we all know it. I thought it was interesting afterwards that that Ricky Fowler was pretty blunt, I, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was basically something along the lines of. Tiger used to be the guy you didn't want to be around, and that's totally changed now. And I couldn't, as someone who hasn't really liked Tiger, I could, you couldn't, even the most cynical side of me, couldn't not be a little bit happy for him when he won. I feel to totally be there the with his way. kids, yep. to be a father, to know how much that means when you have a big life event, to be able to share it with them. And then, you know, to... To see the way people react to him still after all this time, and then to see the players that were there waiting for him, because there is a lot of respect. Out but they're there. all the young guys, right? Right. And why is that? And I think it's because, look at he let his clubs do the talking, um, and never let anybody in for yeah. the longest time. He's let people in now, yeah. and I think by doing that, it's made him a better person and yep. made him more likable. I totally agree. And by letting him in, I think. Even people like myself and you, it sounds like, who weren't necessarily Tiger guys, I, I found myself cheering for. Yeah. Them. Oh, I would. I'm the same. I'm the, that makes three of us. That was the same way. I'm going. I even said to myself at one point, I "said Can I really be rooting for him?" But I was. I mean, I was rooting right. for him. Right. So instinctively, you felt like you were cheering for him. Yeah. I mean, and I. It's. So he let people in, yeah. and he has actually became more human, but and people that, embraced him. Is that a product of maturity? On his part, do you think it's a product of he had to, or it's he thought it was a good I idea? Or I think it's everything. I think it's everything. We, we all we all hope we can learn from our mistakes, right? right? And luckily, our mistakes aren't broadcast to the world like his have been. And <laughs> how true. very fortunate, <laughs> right? You know, it was interesting too. He said one of the reasons he was really happy his kids were there was because now they didn't have to just believe that he was good based on YouTube videos; that they actually saw him win the Masters. 
And I, I just, it really does it speak to how much he really wanted it and wanted to do it. And I think, you know, again, I, I do think that there's the possibility he could pass Jack, but you got to feel like he's thinking to himself, look, if this was it and this was the last one, at least I got to do it one more time with them there where they'll, yeah. they'll remember. So I got to tell you, not, I always hesitate to bring up medalist and, and the club only because for whatever reason. But anyway, uh, Amy and I, my wife and I were playing two weeks after or whatever it was. Um, and we look up and a few holes over was Tiger and his son. Mm-hmm. And his son's wearing a red shirt with a black hat and he's got <laughs> his black shorts on. And you couldn't help but look over and say, that's pretty cool. It is. Um, and so, you know, that's got to be part of the equation, right? It I mean, how could that not be part yep. of the equation? Well, mo- so. most, I mean, golfers are a little bit different than other professional athletes in that, you know, those guys, their careers end in the mid-30s or, the, or you know, some make it, Tom Brady's going to play to like 55, but his kids will be graduated from college. But most people don't have a chance to have their kids no be question. at an age where they can appreciate the kind of thing that you're talking about. And, of course, he hasn't won in, what, eight, nine years. So, uh yeah, I think that probably And did. look, That's for a guy point. that literally can't go anywhere, he can't go to the grocery store, right? He, for his, basically his entire adult life, he can't live the way normal human beings No do. chance. But you know what? He can share that time with his kids on the golf course right. and, and do that at totally. least. So, so uh, All right. I digress slightly, but you, you brought up something that made me think, and I'm being the hockey guy. So St. Louis won game seven with an overtime goal in their series against Colorado. And what was cool about this is this guy named Pat Maroon, who scored the overtime goal, is a hometown St. Louis guy. And he's an older veteran. He's got a 10-year-old. And when he scored the goal, they showed his 10-year-old in the stands with tears (laughs) of joy (laughs) watching his dad. I was thinking, how cool is that? And to your point, not many professional athletes have 10-year-olds be able to watch them play. Right. But wouldn't that have been the coolest thing if your kid could see you you know, shine and maybe your greatest athletic achievement ever. Except maybe Sean Kemp. He had like oh, good God! Right? <laughs> I mean, that's just, it, just by sheer volume, though. I think in that case, Dave, just by sheer volume, he would have had to have had some. I guess as he started early, but all that. All right, I guess that'll put the <laughs> the end of our conversation about Tiger uh, and uh, the biggest story of the year. Let's uh, switch to the PGA tournament which goes off at Beth Page Black um, on Thursday and uh, what are your thoughts Matt so th- I had an odd thought today driving up here from it's redundant Manchester. but go ahead um, I feel like <laughs> with the younger players the younger generation we have no reference for how they've performed at Beth Page what I mean have there what's been there since some of those guys have been playing? What was the last time a major? Was so there? who won the two majors? Three, right? There are two major winners at Beth Page. Tiger won. Yep. And Tiger won. Lucas Glover. Yes. Wow. And and think about that. I think it was like nine oh nine or something. But think about that, right? That so who won the one at Wingfoot when Phil blew it? I thought Jeff Ogilvie. That's right. When Colin Montgomery choked like a dog on eighteen in their seventy second hole as well. Um, but so I feel like there's no. I, I have a hard time trying to handicap JT and Kepka and DJ and all these guys because they've I mean, never played there, right? You know, you sure. you know what you get at Augusta, and sure. even Pebble is a regular tour stop, which is another reason why the Masters is such a great event because right. the golf course is as big a star as any yeah. one of the players, 
and we know it. We know every shot. We've never played the course, and we know every single shot. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. And I've heard nothing besides raves about Beth Page, but I've never played it. So I don't really right. know the holes. Have you played it, Matt? I have not. My dad used to play there. That's the first for our program. I've played the course that they're playing the Masters. Okay, That's so why don't we be quiet and let Dave talk about Well, I haven't played it in a long time. <laughs> although, although. Was I, it a hickory shaft and a no, gun no, perch? No, or no, no. My, listen, I heard about that, this course my entire life because my father, who was a much better player than I am, used to, he got out of the Army at the end of World War II. And basically, I don't know if he couldn't get a job or he didn't get a job, but he just played golf for nine months and he used to play at Beth Page Black all the time and I heard about it. He used to bring me over there as a kid. There's it's a I mean it's a not in great shape municipal course with five courses. Well it is now, but it right. wasn't. Right. Until right. it got restored to this. Well Beth Page major. Black is in great shape. Right. Yes. But I mean it's a it's like a typical yeah. it's a, it's owned by the state. Yeah. And but the thing about that course is number one, Every shot to almost every shot to the green is blind. You can't see the green. And two, well, you can see the flag. I mean, you, you can see if it's you can't see the bottom of the green. Yeah, yeah, right. But uh, the other thing is, there's sand everywhere. Right. There's more sand than Jones right. Beach at that place. <laughs> it goes up all the way through several fairways, almost the whole, like you know, forty traps. On, so, so, I, so ultimately, my point asking. is that we, as general golf viewers, don't know the golf right. course. So. It takes a little bit away from the excitement for the event because we're going to learn the course again Thursday, Friday, and come right, the weekend. Yeah. We'll have a better idea. And yeah, and you don't know which players like and and don't like it, and whose eye it's going to suit and whose not. Um, I know my, my my dad used to play there. He would go with his buddies, and the wait on the orange course or the red course, which was way easier, you have to wait an hour to tee off. Well, on the black course, you'd only have to wait 30 minutes. So they right. go play the black course because it right. was the shortest wait. Mm. And he, he once told me, it was before the, the U.S. Open was there the first time. He said what he always thought was the hardest, and sort of the same point Dave was making, is how many shots to elevate. It's not like there were any holes where you could not hit a great iron shot and just still run it up towards the green. There's nowhere to run it up. There's right. all these areas of rough that are in front of the green. Well, so. well we know it's long. We know there's sand. We know the rough's going to be difficult. Um, we know it's wet. We know it's mm-hmm. going to be relatively cool. To me, it screams bomber's paradise. That's what it screams. I mean, if you me. if you look at the forecast, I've but got you it. Be accurate. You got to be in the green. You got to be in the fairway. Yeah, because you're going to be not in the as sand. much as we used to. Yeah, but they don't care about sand. You yeah. and I may struggle out of yeah, sand. They, don't. they could care less. In fact, they would rather be in sand than in the long grass. Yep. So well, I mean, showers true. Thursday. Partly cloudy, 64 Friday. Partly cloudy, 66. Luke, I mean, it's got okay. DJ Kepka written all over it. That kind of play Rory. to me. Rory, absolutely Rory. Yep, he, he JT, likes it. JT, Justin, yep. I mean, long. Um, so, so then why is, dr- why is Tiger favorite? Eight to one is the, he's why the do you, favorite. Why do you favorite? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't the sports books in business of making money? <laughs> That's right. why. And by the way, I'll, I'll also bat to you guys. Even though I knew exactly what you were saying and why they do it, but... He did tremendously move the needle for the for the rate the TV ratings of the Masters. Of course, I mean it's not that I and 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 agree with that. I'm just saying that. And the ratings will be strong and on Thursday and Friday. And if he's in contention, they'll be crazy in the weekend. Right. Um, But so you know, it's 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 interesting. I I mean I think now that we're living through this Masters PGA US, so I I like it. I mean I I, you know it used to be tough because you had this long layoff, but I think it's nice to be getting right back at it again 
and we don't you so, don't sort of lose that glow of, of Augusta until Father's Day weekend with the U.S. Open. Here we are at it again. It feels a little weird, but I, I like it. I think I it think makes awesome. natural sequential sense yep. of April, May, June, July for the four majors. I'm guessing Wells Fargo and the Memorial and all these other tournaments don't necessarily like it because yeah, it's taken away from them. But but to have the four majors in in successive months and to have it over before the football season yep. makes so much sense to me. Yeah. My objection was not to you know having it go in sequence and you know having something in between the US Open and the Masters it was well I feel like the season just ends while the summer's still around after the British Open. So uh, that remains yeah, to be seen mean, for from me. A, from a like, well, they still my, have the my they version. still have the playoffs and the Tour Championship, right. but it's not. But the I think same. It, it was important for them to acknowledge that from the casual sports fan sports calendar, as soon as training camp starts, it's it's starting to get football season. Right? Well, once and, September comes around, then oh, it's, right. it's over. Season, it's over. So. It's all football. So yeah, I mean, I why think not? it makes good sense. But I mean, why baseball ends with the World Series. Football ends with the Super Bowl, and then they don't play anymore. Here it's going to kind of play, and maybe those things will elevate at, that you just mentioned, and then it becomes a non-issue, you know. And and that's again maybe it's just me going to have to get used to how the season ends in a different way, and what what the what the what the 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 big climax will be. But it just seems to me that British Open right now six more weeks till football, and they're just regular everyday right. events. Yep, I think the best I can suggest is that the playoffs and the Tour Championship will fill that August void to some degree. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'll certainly be more engaged with them than I would have um, in a normal year because, right. you know, they're just, there's, uh, look, it's a great time of year for sports. Um, but, you know, but, golf's never been about having a Super Bowl or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's right, wrong, or indifferent that's always been the four majors. What did people, get, what did people used to get more excited for the Tour Championship or Ryder Cup years, everybody gets oh, right, everybody okay. gets way more pumped up totally to Ryder Cup. That. So you yep. you keep that as right. a fall event every other year, yep. and so you still have something there. It's I think it, it's 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 nice. It's great. I mean, it's it's sort of exciting as a golf fan. To think you know what? There's a major championship. Well, if you're a good player and you're playing well starting in April, you don't have that long before you got you only got three to four months. If you play well for that three or four month stretch, you get all four majors. Yeah. Boy, that that speaks. I mean, if you're playing well, then that's to your benefit. Yep. I mean, I I, I don't think I'd like the Ryder Cup to be in August, but because um, I like it in September. But something that would climax the end of the year, like that does, would be cool. Yep. You know. Yep. And so, anyway, we'll see. We'll we'll see how that that goes. I. Um, I mean, the reality is that the Tour Championship's a flawed event anyway, meaning. When someone who wins the Super Bowl, you know who's the winner. Somebody right. can win the Tour Championship and not be the Tour Championship winner, if right. that makes sense. So, right. so we've never been made for the same sort of scenario that right. that a World Series or a Super Bowl or whatever produces. Um, but anyway, yeah, because it's more about. I mean, Rose won the FedEx Cup last year and right. didn't win the last event of the year. Right. So it was really more about the entirety of right. the season, correct? Than that, than just that one event, right? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, in fact, so are we hard to even remember that Justin Rose because everyone thinks it was Tiger, right? But he was Justin. a good pick for the Augusta. Good gravy, he was terrible. <laughs> you did, guess, did you have him? I did. Yes. 
I mean, he's, forget about me. Well, in my pool, stunk. I have Kepka that I had to pick in January. But if you were going to ask me today who I would pick, even in and of itself, just regardless of that, I, I think I'd take Kepka. So we, is, is, are, we we, are we doing picks? I mean, we'll, I we'll do that at the end, but which we're getting to. But uh, we, Matt and I, were doing uh, our first show prior to the Masters, and we're taping it, and we're watching Thursday's play, and we do our predictions. <laughs> and I take Kadeki Matsuyama, and he's going. I believe he's four over through his first four holes. <laughs> yeah. So before the show ended, so we had changed our. Back. No, he, I told him. No, I, I said I'll there. give you a one out. You can change it, and he. He decided to stick with it. Man of integrity. He made a run on Saturday. I thought he was going to get back in He did make the cut. Yeah. So. I mean, who remembers that Patrick Cantlay was tied for the lead late in the Sunday? Not me. Right? Well, heck, it was, you know, then all of a sudden. was there too, right? Right. I mean, I think it was after everybody hit it in the water, but then we got to see a look at Dustin Johnson, who, by the way, was within, what, one or two of the lead. Yeah. And they hadn't showed a shot all day, and then all of a sudden there was DJ. And he didn't do anything Rockhead-like that would take him out, I don't that I can recall. Some avoided stairs. <laughs> and and a lot of rumors out there. Other right. players on tour. A lot, a lot of rumors out there. <laughs> uh, all right. So what are your so to your point about not really knowing how to pick anybody or not knowing maybe how anybody's going to do because we haven't seen the uh, these guys play in this course in a long time. How do you look at when don't make your pick yet? But how do you look at figuring out? Who can play here? Well, well, you kind of said it. Before yeah, I mean, I do think that promise. we do know that it's a it's a long course, um, and it's going to be wet. So, so immediately that narrows the field to some degree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I had a thought too that maybe it's interesting because you have guys. Obviously, Tigers had success. Phil's played well. Yeah, at Beth Page, but. And the fans like them there. But Phil is playing lousy. Yeah, and they were also playing it in the middle of June, and it's a completely different Well, and, and to that point, is it going to be that much different when the PGA sets it up versus USGA? Right. That's a so good my point. guess is the rough won't be quite the same as it was yeah, for US Open. the PGA doesn't care about score. The, like, the in way. fact, to the contrary, they want to see good scores. Correct. Right. So I think that's going to help the bomber even more. Well, I don't there's, know, almost, I kinda, there's almost no rough there. It's all traps up and down. Well, there's plenty of rough, yeah. but I hear you. But, I mean, not comparatively speaking right. to other places. Right. I don't know. I, I guess I kind of maybe have a sneaky suspicion that we could see a Euro um, in contention. Maybe somebody that, that folks aren't necessarily familiar with, somebody who's solid on the, on the European tour, just because it's kind of, you know... British Isles kind of weathery, you know, it's not mm-hmm. warm. A lot of these guys have played in Augusta and then they went back home to Florida and it's 85 degrees and they're playing golf and now they got to come up here to the So I don't know if you ish. follow anyone any golfers on social media, but you make me think <clears throat> you should follow Eddie Pepper. I do. He <laughs> is the best. He is the best. Oh my gosh. Did you see the one he had I, he played pretty well at the British Masters. He came in second. Yeah, and but it, afterwards, what he's doing is posting a picture of himself holding a glass of wine and a glass of champagne <laughs> after the final round. He's great. He is one of the most enjoyable pro golfers to follow. He's he is and, a really good follower, and he's very good. Yep. He sent out a recent photo of him and Tommy Fleetwood back when they were in the Walker Cup, and he says, "Well, you can tell which one of us has eaten more cake than the other." Because. <laughs> He's a lot heavier than he was in the photo. Anyway, he's a very good player. I brought him up just because a of he's fun to follow, but he's, he's a guy very that much could under the radar up there. And, and in fact, I think he finished in the top 
five at Augusta, maybe. I bet he he was he finished in the. I thought he was in there. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'd have to I'd have to look up the results, but he you know he's a name or. You know, somebody like a Matt Wallace. I don't know why I'm just sticking to an Englishman. Who also but, played well. You know, th- those are guys that are that are solid. And I just sort of feel like this is, to them, this is what May Golf is over sure. there. They're kind of used yep. to this a little bit more so than some of the other guys. Who, that's a good point. You know, they're they're usually you don't have to put on a sweater if you're playing in a right. major. Does the, does I, the, the guy from Florida like to play in that weather? Who knows, yeah. right? So. You know, the thing is, I'm looking at the yardage here on these on the on the course, and there's not it's not really. That long, I mean, maybe the what way is it's maybe four hundred. There's only I don't know what the total is, but it's um, there's only one six hundred yard hole. Usually these days, you see. Yeah, not you know, so much in par fives. I, when I think of long, I look at fours and threes more than I look yeah, at fives. But there's not really there's not there's a couple of five hundred yard par par five. I'm sorry, five hundred yard par fours, um, and uh, twelve is one that's five eleven. It's got bunkers. Right landing areas, both where you drive and in right. front of the green. So, you know, that's the thing. You've got to hit the green there. And uh, so that makes it a longer I mean, shot. It looks I like mean, you got stout par threes on the front, 230, 210, which they could probably stretch a little bit. Um, par threes on the back are 161 um, and 207. So, um, I've birdied that one, by the way. It looks like it's 7468, at least on the. On from the, the scorecard, there's nobody here who could actually say that you didn't. So we're just assuming that you did. Yeah, no, that's not what you assume. You assume I didn't. <laughs> I thought you were a man of honor. <laughs> I am. Oh, well, then there you go. Are they playing it? Do we? I'm sure someone knows. Are they playing it as a par seventy? I don't know. Because in the U.S. Open, they played it as one. I think they played it as a par seventy. The seventh hole in the 2009 U.S. Open was a 525 yard par four. And it's normally a par five, so that that could be interesting. I mean, seventy five hundred yards is a par seventy. That's that's a stout golf course. Mm. Even for those guys, it's a not insignificant golf course. So yeah, I, you know, I think maybe a Euro type might contend, but I tend to agree with you that the long hitters, your your usual suspects, are going to be up there. It's and it's a, but it is a more difficult. Feel the handicap than Augusta. I mean, Augusta, you got the past champions and the amateurs. Right. You know they're not going to win, right. so you sort of take them out. Right. Um, I mean, this is a big field. It's a. It's a. Um, you know, also throw somebody out there who had been playing really good is Xander Shoffley. Right. Man, he played good at Augusta. Agreed. He is really solid. Agreed. Um, Twenty-five to one. But I don't know that he's done much. I don't think he played that great. In, well, again, there's been so few events. He played in Hilton Head, and I don't think yeah, he played that which, great, which is hard to... And that's a bad course, right? you would think, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it couldn't have been more different. So the British Open, he was in contention last year. British Open or PGA? Yeah. I, I mean, he's he's typically around there. He's really, he's really good. But again, long, right? Yeah. All right. Let's go to the big finish and make our, our, our uh, predictions for who's going to win and... Uh, and Maybe talk about a little bit about the field. So, go to that. Start off with you uh, sticking with Brooks Kepka. I have I That's, picked him in been, my pool. It's been like an hour since you did. <laughs> I picked him in my pool earlier in the year. Um, he played great last week. As I have said a number of times, I think it's a bomber's course to someone who's playing well, who's won two PGAs in a row, hasn't he? I think he's won two PGAs no, in two a row. Two U.S. Opens in a row. 
And one PGA. Okay, right. So you want a U.S. Open PGA and then, right. So anyway, it just seems like all things are pointed to Brooks Kepa. Now, that being said, 156 golfers, who really knows? I know. Right. So it's way too hard. Right, well, here's, here's what the odd makers say. I should have said this before you went, but Tiger, they've got an 8-1. to one. Thus, D- D- DJ at 10 to 1, Rory at 12 to 1, Kepka, Kepka's at 10 to 1. I don't know why he's below Rory on my list. But anyway, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, 16 to 1, John Rahm, Justin Rose, 18 to 1. John Rahm, someone to watch out for. Ugh. I know I don't, I don't personally. Ugh. You're right. I he's, must say, he's going Ricky to... gets a lot of love that I'm not sure he earns at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Ricky. He's a great guy, he's well, that's a great he gets player. But why does he I, I rank so much higher than all these other people? Because he's, he's popular, right? But it's interesting. And you're right. You know, about, you're right about Rom. Rom's got a lot of. When, I mean, during the Masters, I, you know, as much as I don't really care for him at all, he's going to win one, a major. Yeah, 100%. he's going to win. He's going to win multiple. You're right. Probably yeah. help to get all and of this. And it'll drive me nuts every time he does. I know. But he's really he, good. He really is. He, he's a. He, that's a sneaky good pick. Pick. All right, so Molinari's at 20 to 1, and then three guys at 25 to 1 uh, DeChambeau, Jason Day, and Shoffley, uh, 25 to 1. You know, Sergio's a great ball striker. Hard not to think him, too. But, I mean, I, I would tell you, I think it's going to be two Jupiter boys. And he, Tommy Fleetwood is D- also a DJ or Brooks Kepka. Yeah, is I, what I, I don't. I, honestly, I'm not sure how you could really pick against those two. I mean, I'll. I'll zig and, and when everybody else is zagging, I'll and stick to what I said. I'll pick. I'll pick Tommy Fleetwood. It's a good pick. Pretty good form coming yep. in and yep. solid player yep. and had some good experience at the U.S. Open last year. So all right, you I'll stole my pick. So now who 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 uh, I can't pick Tommy Fleetwood now. You can pick anyone you think is going to win because if you pick Fleetwood and he wins and you were yeah, right, you know, it's not. I'm going to go with Tony Finau. I like Tony Finau. Yeah, it's a good pick. Tony, it's hard. It's, to me, every that was a good one for Dave like Long, don't you think, Matt? That threw me even pronounce his name right. <laughs> right, that was the one I was a little bit worried about. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I think Tony right. Finau is a good pick for that. I agree with you. Will Tiger finish in the top twenty-five? Yes. Uh, will Tiger finish in the top ten? I don't think so. I think his driver is going to be a problem. I see. I tend to agree with you. I think that he he just he gets himself. I don't think he's going to be able to get his way with as much I here than he did a month ago. His worst club is his driver, yeah. which is amazing because because it used to be his best club. It was you know off Along the with charts better than everything else. Will Spieth make the cut? I think he's getting closer. I do too. Um, and I, you just can't. You never know with him because I agree. You bet against them at your own risk, right? I, I mean, agree. He could put it together as good as anybody. I find myself liking him, but I'm not sure he's quite there yet. Yeah, somebody should reintroduce him to his putter. I think he's because working his tail off to try and get it to work, mm-hmm. and I think I just, he's getting closer. I find it amazing how guys that good can just lose that feel. I mean, I guess I shouldn't because. Um, you know those those things happen to regular people too. But you know, and the margin of error is so slight on the, at that level. But he just—it's it so like different. You know, the, the, the nature of golf is you know it's it's not a reaction sport. It's an action, right? And so, good athletes can react and still keep their athleticism and still be really good. But when it's just an action, 
when you have to initiate and do it yourself whenever you're ready with own, your own mindset, it's such a different animal, right? It's it's the closest thing in basketball would be free throw shooting, right? Right. Exactly I mean, the same. Thing. I mean, Wilt is was as good a basketball player as we've ever seen, and yet when it came to free throw shooting, same with a Shaq or whoever. Pick. I mean, I'm making, but but the point is, it's very close to that sort of where it's not a reaction it's an action and I think and it's also you don't understand at times how you could be doing something so well and all of a sudden you can't do it anymore totally that's what I'm saying how can you go out and hit it so good one day and everything's clicking and and it's the next day for most of us you, you 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 don't think you're thinking about anything differently. You don't think you're setting up to the ball any differently. Right. You don't think you're ma- making a different swing, and it it it's gone. And for those guys, I think it is it is infinitely more frustrating. One because it's their livelihood, right? And two because it's you know I, get, I think a lot of them feel like it shouldn't have to be like they've gotten to the point where you know, and especially when and you see yet, how many times they shoot a great round and back it up with another great one. Yeah. Even they struggle with that. Yeah, so. I, I think that's the great frustration and maybe the allure of golf is that it happens more than in any other sport from day to day. I mean, basically no you question. see a guy go no 0 for question. 12 and he's in a slump and he can't do anything. But it seems like it happens maybe because there's not as many golfers as you see. Well, and again, you know, we've time, discussed this on a few levels. But the, the other thing about golf is, for example, again, we'll use basketball or hockey or football. I mean, Having your skills one day and not having the next happens in every sport, but in every other sport you can still work your tail off mm-hmm. and play defense and still be effective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In golf, there's none of that. And if your other, skills aren't there that day. And one other thing about golf, you know, Shaq and Wilt could get by being horrible free throw shooters because they were so dominant right. in other areas. Right. Right. In golf, you've got to have all of those things. Right. You can't get by with being right. a crappy putter. And because you're a great driver, you'd be. What was the guy? Was it the? Well, we're golf? just talking about Adam Scott. I mean, Tee to Green is he not perhaps oh, the best player I, and has I been think for a number of years? I think you can make that argument. Yeah. I mean, and it can come the best ball strikers like ever. Like the game, Will had 100 points. He had made 28 free throws out of 32. Right. I mean, it happened. That's that's like the day, you know, I hit eight drives in a row right down the middle. Right. Next day, forget it. Right. You know, the next day for Wilt in the famed Willis Reed game, he was one for 11 from the foul line. So. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, as I say, I think that's the thing about golf. You really have to have all the pieces. And in other sports, Harmon Killebrew couldn't field, you know, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But you got to be able to do it in golf, which I think. Uh, you, here's the 10 bucks. I, I had 10 bucks, and there's no way you'd name Harmon Killebrew in this podcast, <laughs> Matt Adams. So. And it was the first episode. <laughs> well, I was thinking of a guy who could hit for power and couldn't field, and no one came I to I love Harmon Killebrew. <laughs> Third baseman for the Minnesota Twins, number three. I mean, I got it all, but I mean, I never thought in the first show Harmon would come well, on. You, you show your age when you come up with that example. Over <laughs> I was going to say, I think we might have lost the millennial audience there. <laughs> have you ever heard of more Harmon? I've heard of him. I've heard of him. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, he and Ron Santo were perennial all-stars yes. at the same time. All right. That will do it for this <laughs> edition. <laughs> we'll leave it on the Harmon Kilbrew note. That'll be the Harmon Kilbrew ending. Just want to remind everybody but that the uh, Preferred Lies is sponsored by Golf and Ski Warehouse. For the best selections, service, and savings, swing by Golf and Ski Warehouse in Hudson, Greenland, West Lebanon, New Hampshire, and in Scarborough, Maine. Learn more and get directions at golfandskiwarehouse.com. And uh, we're going to call that next, next week. You should come back with us because 
I'm going to learn how to sing the jingle, and we'll just go from there on that. All right. And, and let's go golfing. <laughs> let's go ski. It's a little, it's kind of snappy, actually. We're, uh, the, the show is available on all podcast platforms. iTunes, Google Play Store, Spotify, we're everywhere. You name it. Anchor. Yep. I get it at Spotify. All right. Thanks, Great fellas. Job. See you next time. Look forward to it.